Faith for Today with Colin Urquhart and Julia Fisher. Continuing with our journey through the little letter of Titus, we've uh, virtually reached the middle of it, Colin, and Paul has a lot to say about how to teach older men and uh, how also to teach other women in the church as well. Yes, we've we've dealt so far with leadership, or Paul's dealt with leadership, and then in chapter 2, verse 2, we read, teach the older men to be temperate, worthy of respect, self-controlled, and sound in faith, in love, and in endurance. Well, there is a good word for today. It is amazing, isn't it, how contemporary the scriptures are. Teach the older men to be temperate, worthy of respect, self-controlled. There's no room there for midlife crisis, is there? <laughs> it's not just talking about older men, but uh, old men, but older men. Uh, remember, people's lifespan was generally much briefer then than it is today, so. Uh, the, the, there is to be an example. The older men are to give an example to the younger people. This is what Paul is saying. Not only in their lifestyle, but also in what they believe, that they're sound in faith and in love and in endurance. They, they manifest that faith and that perseverance in faith and that endurance in doing what is good, and they don't get led astray by their desires and it's amazing how many older people today, not old people, but older people today, they, well, they really do get into some very ungodly lifestyles. And so it's important for older men in the church to be a witness. They're to be a witness in the business world. They're to be a witness uh, in, in their own communities. They're to be a witness in their relationships with others who are not believers. And likewise, Paul says, teach the older women to be reverent in the way they live, not to be slanderers or, that means gossips, or addicted to much wine, but to teach what is good. Then they can train the younger women to love their husbands and children, to be self-controlled and pure, to be busy at home, to be kind and to be subject to their husbands, so that no one will malign the word of God. Interesting, that last phrase, isn't it? So that no one will malign the word of God. In other words, Paul is saying, people need to see that in the lives of Christians, in the life of the church, that people are living out the word of God. They're not maligning the word of God because their lifestyle is so opposed and different to what the word of God teaches. So the older women are to be an example to the younger women. They're actually to be training the young women uh, to love their husbands and children, very, very important. You know, when people get married, they don't know how to be wives and husbands. And it's, it's very important that older men should be training the younger men and older women, the younger women, helping them. It's not being intrusive into their lives, but being available to help them through all the issues that arise in the early times of marriage. We, we are very keen in the church here to have um, some real discipleship of people when they're preparing to get married, but also people who will then be available to them to talk through any issues that may arise, arise during the early stages of marriage, and also to be training people how to be good husbands, how to be good wives. And there's all kinds of 
of skills, especially today, that uh, many people don't have. It's amazing how many how many people get married without being able to cook these days and without ever having any experience of homemaking because uh, we live in a society, you know, where um, you know, there, there have been uh, so many, so much emphasis on career women that that um, they've they've just lived for their careers ever time ever since they've left school, and and so it's it's a big shock not only in having to form relationships but actually having to create a home. Very very important that those with experience of these things can help those um, who are not, and it just shows you how God can use everybody in the church. You know, there are some people that think, well, perhaps I don't have much of a ministry. I'm not a preacher. I'm not an evangelist. I'm not. But you see, if you're someone who loves the Lord, you live a good, upstanding, righteous life in, in the sense that, uh, you know, you really want to honor God in your life. It's amazing how you could be used to teach, to train, to help younger men, younger women, uh, just depending obviously on which sex you are. Uh, so that you could really be a help and an encouragement to them. Again, not being intrusive, not being busybodies, but just available. And uh, it's it's wonderful when people have got the freedom to go to those uh, who are older and share their dilemmas instead of just trying to work it all out for themselves and perhaps making things worse before they get better. And I'm sure that with... Uh, real sensitivity. We could help a lot of young people through their initial problems so that um, that will ease the way for them. And then he turns his attention to the young men. Yes, similarly encourage the young men to be self-controlled. In everything set an example by doing what is good. Uh, all the time in throughout Scripture, leadership is by example, not just by what you say, it's by what you do. Uh, remember, Jesus even said of the Pharisees, "Well, you had to do what they say because you know they could they could teach what was in the law of God, but don't do what they do because they didn't actually do what they preached." And so, real leaders preach what they uh, what they um, do and do what they preach. So, in everything, set an example by doing what is good. In your teaching, show integrity, seriousness, and soundness of speech that cannot be condemned, so that those who oppose you may be ashamed because they have nothing bad to say about us. Again, you see, important, isn't it, that your teaching is in line with God's word, that it's the truth, uh, that you're showing integrity in what you teach, that you're not preaching your own ideas, own opinions, and that there is such a soundness of, of doctrine that no one can condemn you, no one can rightly accuse you of divorcing the truth, uh, and that those who oppose you may really have nothing to say about you. See, the important thing that Paul is getting at is this, that when people don't want to obey the Lord, they don't want to listen to the revelation of truth, they don't want to uh, actually fulfill what God is saying is his purpose for their lives. That what they try to do is to discredit the messenger because then they think they don't have to listen to the message. And this is why Paul is, is saying to Timothy, 
you know, set a good example so that when you preach the word, people can't discredit the messenger and so dismiss the message. Now, actually, the message is right even if the life of the messenger isn't. But you see, people think that they've got an excuse to rebuff the message if they see something wrong in the messenger. It's a very deceptive thing, but nevertheless, that's the way that many people operate. So very important to be a good role model, whoever you are. Absolutely. And then he talks about slaves now, honestly, Colin. Does this have anything to say to us today? Yes, because every Christian is a son of God, is a servant, and is a slave. Uh, the scripture says that we are slaves in three ways. Now, this doesn't preach against our sonship and our inheritance in Christ at all. We're first of all slaves of Christ. Peter describes himself, usually it's translated uh, as a bondservant of Jesus Christ, but the word is actually the Greek word for slave. He's saying, I'm a slave of Jesus Christ. So we're slaves of Christ, and we're slaves of righteousness, and we're slaves of, of holiness. So we're slaves to, to doing the will of God. Um, and Jesus taught some interesting things uh, about this, really, because he was saying that, you know, when we've done everything that we should do, we are still just unprofitable servants. We're sort of unprofitable bond servants, really, um, because we've just done what uh, what is expected of us of God. We shouldn't have some ulterior motive where we expect to be appreciated, applauded, and patted on the back and, uh, you know, uh, proclaimed publicly or anything like that. We shouldn't have a secret agenda of our own. So um, there is a sense in which uh, there is something for us to learn, even through what Paul says here, teach slaves to be subject to their masters in everything. So we are to be subject to our master, Jesus Christ, in everything. But also, of course, there is a principle here that we are to be good servants, good um, employees, that we are to be subject to those who are over us in, uh, in our business, to try to please them, not to talk back to them, not to steal from them, but to show that they can be fully trusted so that in every way they will make the teaching about God our Savior attractive. So we are witnesses in the workplace, and we're witnesses to our bosses. Uh, I say to members of our church, you should be the best employees that your boss has because, because you're a Christian, the most devoted, the most dedicated, the most hardworking, the most sincere, the most trustworthy uh, people on the payroll because that's part of your uh, Christian witness. And, uh, you know, people are going to, bosses especially, are going to take much more notice of people that can prove themselves trustworthy to those that they cannot trust. And so Paul says that in every way, such people will make the teaching about God our Savior attractive. You've been listening to Faith for Today, presented by Julia Fisher. This program is sponsored by Kingdom Faith. For further information, visit our website, kingdomfaith.com. 